This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When personal investments exceed personal goals and the retirement fund is bigger than your retirement dreams is when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Primetime Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Investment Advisor with RBC Wealth Management. Good morning and welcome everybody to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50 plus and your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. We've been saying this on Primetime Money since 1992. That's 30 years, folks, that we've been on this show. Each week, you're going to hear from our special guests that are going to give you a look into the stock and the bond markets, how they're performing, and what sectors you should focus on. Also joining us are state lawyers who go over will planning, probate powers of attorney and family law, and accountants who will help us with tax planning and strategies to minimize the tax you pay. All in all, it's a show about full wealth management. And each week, we're going to have the rapid-fire round where we're going to answer your questions. And this week, we're going to have an extended version of that. But the best part of this show is I'm going to have special reports and research that we're going to send to you always on this show at no cost. So get your paper and pencil ready and take down this number. It's one 891 2637 That's one 891 2637 And Dominique will answer your, the phone, and she'll take down your name and email address and she'll send those reports out to you directly. We can we can send them to you by regular mail, or we'll send them to you by email. one 891 2637 And we have a great show planned for you today. Paul McDonald, who's the Chief Investment Officer of Harvest Portfolio Groups, is here to talk about investing in healthcare. This is like one sector that actually does well in an inflationary period, like the one we're in right now. But first, the federal budget was delivered last week, and we have the... Um, a report called the 2022 Federal Budget Summary from our team at RBC Wealth Management has put together for you in terms of the key objectives of the uh, budget, the takeaways, and importantly, what's the impacts on you. So to get a free copy, all you got to do is give Dominique a call, 1-866-891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637. And ask her for the 2022 Federal Budget Summary. Did you know that investing psychology, especially at this time when we have a volatile market, can impact your decision. Yes. What happens is you develop these biases and they can shape investment decisions that you make. If they're left unchecked, these biases can lead to deviations from the plan. And that's the key thing that we're talking about here, particularly now when the markets are really moving dramatically. So I went to a a research workshop and we talked about uh, how I can, as an advisor, help you understand the biases. And there's actually five of them. So see which ones kind of affect you. Number one is anchoring. It's a spot where investors will pick a date and value, like a specific reference point, and base all their decisions around that number. So it could be a particular point where you said, okay, my account was worth $500,000, and now it's worth four hundred eighty-three. So that's $17,000. So I can't look at this next stock or I can't invest in this item because I've already lost $17,000. Or it could be, you know, I invested $500,000. Now it's worth $600,000. So I can go out and buy a new car and spend all this money when the market could correct back from there. So that's called anchoring. Number two is called loss aversion. This is where you feel losses much more intensely than when you're feeling the rewards of uh, making money. So the key there is to focus on the long term. Number three is called recency. 
So too much emphasis on the recent news and thinking it'll continue into the future. So thinking this war is going to continue forever and it's going to continually uh, hurt your account forever. That's called recency. Number four is called familiarity. So that's when you prefer to invest in something that's familiar. That leads to, you know what, more concentration in one particular area. So what you have to do if you have that is to think diversification instead. So number five is confirmation. So it's accepting only information that supports your current beliefs. So how do you fix that? Look at the big picture and develop a more diverse view. Of course, all of these, at the end of the day, what you have to do is understand that you have to stick to your discipline, stick to the plan that you've put together with your financial advisor, and always review what you have with your financial advisor to see that you're on plan. And that's going to give you the conviction to continue to hold or continue to invest in the markets today. Okay, as mentioned on our previous show, we have a complimentary workshop coming up. Uh, via WebEx, and it's going to be on April 27th at 11 o'clock. It's estate planning with our senior trust advisor, Allison Pang, and she's going to talk about preserving money for your family and charitable causes, a properly structured will, trusts and powers of attorney, how to protect your assets, and choosing the right option for your executor. And I'm going to go over uh, the federal budget and where you should be investing in today's marketplace. So all in all, it's going to be about uh, an hour long. It's via WebEx. And all you have to do to register is call Dominique at 1 891 2637. That's 1 891 2637. And Dominique will send you a link. All you have to do is click on it, and that'll bring you right into our um, WebEx that's going to be on the 27th of April. Okay, it's been proven that healthcare is one sector that's relatively immune from inflationary pressures. Find out how you can adjust your portfolio when Paul McDonald of Harvest Investment Portfolio joins us next. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we are back. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. And joining us now is Paul McDonald, who's the Chief Investment Officer of Harvest Portfolio Group. And we asked uh, Paul to come on today to talk to us about uh, one of the funds. They manage a number of funds, and one of the funds that it, they manage is a healthcare fund. And we wanted to talk about how does healthcare uh, perform during an inflationary period. Okay, good morning, Paul. Thanks for joining us here today. Oh, thanks for having me, Richard. I think we have to address the elephant in the room. You know, we see it at the pumps, groceries, mortgages, and of course, uh, the devastation of war, and that's inflation. Interest rates and the war in Ukraine has given us all kinds of new risk. What does that mean for the markets, and how has your 2022 outlook changed? Well, I would say that that's first a loaded question, and I know it's a very challenging time for investors. There's a lot of moving parts in the uh, in the market, and when I kind of look back to late 2020, 21, as we're looking out what are our expectations for the next 12, 18 months, you know, we were already starting to see moderating growth, and you know, really that's uh, in the North American markets in particular, still positive growth, but moderating, and we saw interest rates rising uh, and deflation that was stubbornly high. And so, you know, it's been a tragedy what's happening in Ukraine and, you know, outside of the humanitarian side and speaking just from the financial side, the implications of, of the war really mean that inflation is is higher and more rampant. And really what that does do for us is, is kind of reinforces our view that um, coming into 2022 that inflation was high and uh, interest rates are 
are probably going higher, uh, and it just solidifies that view a little bit more. And with that backdrop, you know, our view is is that it's really time to be focusing in on quality investments and really looking at uh, at portfolios and how people are positioned for what we expect to be still positive returns in in the equity markets, uh, but more muted than what we've seen over the past couple of years. You know, looking at that backdrop of inflation, rising interest rates, you know, what has historically performed well in this kind of environment? So historically, when we have moderating growth and um, relatively high inflation and expectations for uh, rising rates, typically we find areas like that have have um, less sensitivity to higher inflation. Uh, areas that perhaps like real assets, um, they tend to perform well. So real estate, for example, uh, and other other types of real assets. Uh, certainly, from our perspective, one of the areas that we think is well positioned, in particular because of the the inflation, tends to be on the commodity side. In particular, um, an area like healthcare, which has relatively low exposure uh, to that inflation, but uh, on the on the same vein that particular sector has visibility given the superior good status of many of their products. Right. You know, if, if you look around and, and, and we look in the Canadian uh, market, there, there isn't much in the, in the way of healthcare. So um, how, do, how do you look at it if you're a Canadian looking at investing in healthcare? You're absolutely right, Richard, that in Canada, there's there's some great quality companies here. However, in the healthcare environment, the healthcare space, um, really, it's less than one percent of the broader market in Canada. Uh, and even within that healthcare, marijuana companies are included in that. So it's a very very small component of the overall market when compared to uh, the U.S. or global. You're looking at closer to thirteen to fifteen percent. You know, the, this is a very very large um, industry with lots of unique subsectors within that industry. And so in order to get exposure, investors really do need to look outside the Canadian borders, in particular in the U.S., but also uh, there are global companies as well. Yeah, there's some great global companies. So if you, if you looked at, you know, again, healthcare is a broad um, industry there. Like under the subsectors, like which ones would you say that are good areas right now? Well, I, I think when I look at the the shorter term dynamics, like we just talked about, things like you know higher inflation, rising rates, moderating growth, um, visibility, and things like pharmaceuticals tend to tend to perform well. Um, that being said, when I um, when I pharmaceuticals and biopharmaceuticals, that is, um, when I think about the the medium to longer term of you know aging population, spending more money, developing market market spending disproportionately more uh, on their healthcare needs and the significant technological innovation. You know, I pair that with very much the medical devices and medical equipment companies uh, are also well positioned, perhaps a little bit more of the medium to longer term as opposed to in the current environment where um, they're perhaps a little bit more sensitive to some of those inflationary pressures. So we want to be diversified across uh, this uh, particular sector, and I think investors should be. Um, in the shorter term, I, I think there's some great visibility, and really the the current environment, I think, from a Canadian investor's perspective, really mandates them to have an assessment in their portfolio and make sure that they're properly allocated to areas like this that have uh, have solid exposure um, 
uh, to you know areas with visibility. Yeah, um, I, I know you guys have a um, an ETF that you manage. Tell everybody about the healthcare fund that you manage there and um, what it yields. Uh, so we manage the healthcare leaders. Uh, income ETF, which is okay. HHL on Toronto, um, uh, just under a billion dollars in in assets. We have 20 large cap healthcare companies, uh, and we use what's called the covered call strategy. And the the purpose of that really is just to boost up the natural uh, cash flow that we get from the dividends from the companies inside the portfolio. So gives us a little bit higher uh, higher yield, uh, but still with uh, exposure to those long-term trends, short-term um, uh, opportunities, given the uh, given the macro backdrop. What's the yield on the, on the fund now? Uh, just north of 8%. Okay, Paul, before we let you go, you know, with these rising rates, um, I wanted to ask you, you know, how, how do investors keep up their, you know, their spending power? Because of, you know, fixed income is, is a tough area to be in today. Are there any other alternatives? Well, I, I think it's a great question. And when we talk about uh, interest rates, we're quite often talking about what's called nominal interest rates as opposed to the real interest rate. So if I'm getting a 3% on a government bond and my inflation rate is 5%, I'm actually getting 2% lower uh, cash flow. And so I think your traditional 60-40 mix is in the process um, of being reassessed, being most people have used their balance funds at 60% in the equities and 40% in fixed income. Rates rising causes the price of fixed income to, to come down. And, uh, you know, people are still left with you know, really a, a negative real cash flow from their from their fixed income. And so what we've seen at Harvest is uh, the use of covered calls in what we term uh, equity income as an alternative to really build up and uh, beef up that that monthly cash flow so that perhaps even whether it's an adjustment on the fixed income side uh, down to 30% or an adjustment on the equity side where they allocate a component of their equity into equity income, um, they, they really need to do that in order to maintain their, their purchasing power and beef up that overall uh, monthly cash flows that, uh, that investors are, are requiring as they enter into their, uh, their retirement years. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice, Paul. Thanks again for uh, joining us here today and uh, continuing success with uh, your funds there at the Harvest Portfolios Group. Thanks again, Richard. All right, you take care. You too. Bye. Okay, that was Paul McDonald. He's the Chief Investment Officer at Harvest Portfolios Group. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Harvest Portfolios Group. Okay, if you like the information that Paul was talking about, the, the fund is HHL, that's the symbol of it, it's the Harvest Portfolios um, ETF, and um, it's a healthcare portfolio, of course. And if you like the information on it, go to primetimemoney.ca, and then there's different subsections there, and go to the section that says In the Money, and that's where we post all of the information from the guests. And in there, we'll have a full description and research on the HHL, the healthcare fund that uh, Harvest has, as well as all the other funds that we talk about on the show. Okay, and stay right there, because we're going to have an extended version of the Rapid Fire Round. That's where I answer all of your questions, and these are going to be concerning stock sectors, calculating yield, and stocks and shares. I'm Richard Infantino. You're listening to Primetime Money. It's time for the Rapid Fire Round. 
where Richard answers all of your financial questions. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And today, we're going to give you like an extended version of uh, the rapid fire round. We've gotten all kinds of questions. So um, here we go. The first one comes from Howard of Mississauga, who asks, what's the difference between stocks and shares? You know, basically, a stock represents... Yeah, this actual stock represents your participation as an owner in a, in a company or in a, in a number of companies if you have a number of stocks. Meanwhile, a share is just a single unit of ownership in that company. So the stock is the actual ownership. A share is the actual certificate, the one investment that you have in, in that company that shows that you have ownership in the company. So that's the difference between those two particular words, uh, Howard. Okay, number two comes from uh, Francis of Oakville who asks, I hear on TV about sectors of the stock market. What are they? Okay. So I'm going to assume that you're asking about what are the sectors. And um, here you go. Here's, here's the different sectors of the stock market. So the stock market, again, is a market of stocks. and that, But there's different segments where they take these companies and put them into different sectors. Okay. One sector is called information technology, uh, healthcare, financials. So financials would include banks and insurance companies, consumer discretionary. There's also communication services, industrial companies, communication services, uh, consumer staples, energy, so energy, oil and gas, and renewable energies now, utilities, and real estate. And uh, there's one more. Let me think. It's materials. So real estate and materials. These are the main sectors. Now, remember, uh, when we do analysis of these uh, sectors there, Francis, Okay, so they could have all these different kinds of subsectors underneath them. So I think I counted, and there's about 11 sectors there. So the interesting part is you can invest in all those sectors. So for, for diversification, you can buy stocks in all those different sectors, or you could actually now buy ETFs that have uh, stocks in all of those subsectors. Okay, so that's the subsectors for you there. Um, here's number three. Number three comes from Justin in Toronto. Could you explain what yield is? That's a good one. Um, okay, so now you're trying to figure out the income that you gained from an investment. On a bond, um, what you gain from an investment in terms of income is called interest, and what you get from a stock, of course, is called a dividend. But there's also one more. In real estate, how do you get income from real estate? Well, you get it from rent, and that's called rental income. So there's three different ways. So number one, if I buy a bond or a GIC, I'm going to get interest, and that's, I'm going to calculate, I'm going to show you how to calculate the yield. Number two, on a stock, I'm going to get what's called dividends. And number three, on real estate, I'm going to get rental income if I'm investing. And um, that's going to uh, give me my income from those particular investments. Now, when you're calculating the yield, you're not taking into consideration how much money you make on the investment. So if you bought a house and you're going to rent it out, um, the value of the house is not calculated. It's just what the yield is going to be from the rental income that you have. Okay? So now when you calculate yield, Justin, um, here's what you have to do. You take the amount of income that you have and you divide it by the investment's value. So you take the investment's value and take the income that you get from it, take the big number, divide it into the small number. So if you had a $10,000 investment and say you get $450 of income, and you take the 450 and you divide by the um, 10,000 and then you multiply by 100 basically when you do it. On, you can do on your calculator, but if 
you're older like me and you do the uh, the math, you're going to take 450, you're going to divide by 10,000, then you're going to multiply it by 100, and that's going to get you 4.5%. So that's the yield on the investment. And then remember, when you're calculating the yield, that's what you're looking at in terms of comparing the different investments. So I'm looking at a bank stock, it could be yielding me 3 or 4%, or I could look at real estate, it might be yielding me 5 or 6%. And then on a bond today, maybe you're yielding 1 or 2%. So those are how you're comparing just the income version. And then if you remember last week, we talked about um, covered calls on the show. So a covered call is a way where you can get extra yield by basically – uh, writing these call options on the stocks that you own that are already paying you a dividend. So say, for instance, you have a bank stock and it's paying you 3% and then you write these call options and they produce another 3% for you. So together you're going to get the 3% plus the 3% that gives you 6% return or that's what the yield is going to be with covered calls. And that's why they're an attractive investment uh, today. Now remember... If you wanted the information when we talked to all these different guests on the show over the weeks, remember to go to primetimemoney.ca. And then over the last couple of weeks, we had Harvest on and we had the folks from CI on and we had the folks from uh, Caldwell Investment Management on. If you'd like to find out the information of, uh, you know, what they talked about on the show and the funds that they spoke about, go to primetimemoney.ca and then look in a section that's called In the Money. And then we have these um, uh, companies posting the information that they talked about on the uh, on the website, so that you can go there and read it, or you can uh, take it off of there and print it, and uh, you know do your own research on those investments. Okay, that's all the time that we have for today. It went by so fast. Join us next week. Uh, we're going to be talking with Robert Cohen, who's the vice president and portfolio manager at Dynamic Funds, and he's going to come on to talk about gold and gold stocks and precious metals. And, uh, you know, looking at an inflationary period, is, is that something that we should be investing in today? And then Robert Taylor, who's the Senior Vice President and Chief Investment Officer at Canoe Financial, comes by to talk about Canadian stocks that you should be taking a look at here today. Okay, remember, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're on all of those. And our podcasts are on Odyssey, Apple Music, Spotify. And that's all the time that we have for today. You guys, see you guys next week. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Prime Time Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.